So I was making lunch at work the other day and there's the stove and the little fume hood or whatever and I reached over to grab something, smacked my head like right in my temple and <laughs> I couldn't let anybody know because then I would look like such a dumbass. So I just like, I kind of parted my hair on the other side so like it would cover it up more because I had this oh, giant- Oh, you had a literal bruise. <laughs> I had like this giant red mark on my forehead so I kind of just like moved my hair over to cover it so no one would know how dumb I am. So I think yours is still almost better than mine because I was in public because this it was literally yesterday I was eating lunch at the Panera near my office and I was sitting at a table up against the wall and for some reason right next to this table was this like uh, like advertiser holder that shot like shot out a couple inches off the wall solid metal I was sitting right next to the corner of it and I was just looking at my f- my f- my phone and I turned my head and I smacked my head so fucking hard against the side of it and I like thought I cut the skin and I and like I quickly look around and I don't think anyone sees me and I look directly to my right and the woman at the table sitting next to me is just making dead eye contact with me 100% saw me just <laughs> like a dumbass smack my head against the wall in a Panera so today we're talking <sighs> about careers <laughs> yeah, talking about jobs and us starting our careers. So I can start off. I'm I work as a visual effects artist at a post-production house here in Atlanta. Uh, I got my bachelor's degree from SCAD with a major in visual effects and my minor in film and television. So right now I work mainly on music videos and commercials. Yeah, uh, I work, the, my technical title is an applications engineer, which is a fancy way of saying I work in technical sales. Uh, like Maddie, I went to school in Atlanta. I went to Georgia Tech, graduated in May of 2018 with a degree in biomedical engineering. Um, technically also pre-med minor, if you want to call it a minor. Um, and now I move up and move to Boston and work as a technical salesman. And I guess we're both in our first jobs. Well, mine's kind of my second, which I'll explain, but you know, your first job post-grad is, it's a huge step because there's that waiting period. I like, you know, you graduate and you think, oh, I'll just run right into this fantastic career. And sometimes it takes more time than that. Yeah, yeah, and that that timing, granted, my my timing isn't as bad as it is as it is for other people, but compared to my peers, my timing was a little took a little bit longer than yours did, and then like I said, the people I graduated with, um, but yeah, uh, first like I said, first job, post grad, first like actual full time career salaried position, um, but did have internships beforehand as well. And those, both of those occurred in my 20s, and I think yours did as well. So if you want to, we can, if you want to briefly discuss kind of what we did. Yeah, so my first internship, I kind of applied to on a whim. I was, it was my sophomore year of college, and I was finishing it up, and I was like, I want to do something cool this summer, and I want to get paid to do it. So I applied to this internship as an animation and 3D printing instructor at a STEM camp in Puerto Rico. So I just applied, and I was like, you know, if, if it happens, it happens. So then, like a week later, I got an email, and they offered it to me. And so I called my mom. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go live in Puerto Rico this summer. And she's like, okay, cool. 
and <laughs> I like how chill your mom was about that whole situation. She no, my like, okay. my mom and dad were both super cool with it. I mean, they were a little worried, like you know, because this was also in the heat of like the whole Zika virus thing. So they're taking me to the airport and we're walking through and there's all those giant posters saying, this is where you can get Zika. And, and I guarantee, I guarantee your dad made some really inappropriate joke about it too. Oh, for sure. And so I spent the summer there, um, and taught a bunch of kids like 3d printing, like how to model things within the software. And then we printed things out on the 3d printer and it was really cool. That's where you and made my birthday present for that year, right? I did. I made Bob a 3D printed shot glass. What up? And then my internship after that, I was working in, I was working at Adult Swim on the live stream shows, which was really cool. I did that internship twice. I did it in the summer and then they offered it to me again in the fall. So it was one of the coolest places ever because you're doing everything live and the whole Adult Swim culture is just so wild, everything about it. And it was great because there was really no cap on how creative you could be in everything. And I I loved the time I spent there. It was really some of the best. And, you know, people at school like would always ask about it. And I kind of felt like a cool kid for once. But... No, you were a cool kid. I bragged about I was, I bragged about you to my friends at school all the time. I was like, yeah, so my friend Maddie, she works at Adult Swim, no big deal. Um, <laughs> it was no, yeah, it, was it was a cool. great internship. Yeah. I mean, it's not what I ended up doing full time, mm-hmm. but it was do a you think great that, do you think, stepping stone. Okay, I was gonna say, do you think that kind of the projects you worked on? Because I remember you showed me a lot of the stuff you did work on, which is a lot of like the intercut, um, the interstitials, ads, interstitials. Thank you, between different parts of the shows and things like that. And you did occasionally some like one hour quick, I say quick one hour parts of the shows that weren't necessarily you like hosting anything but you managing the content that was still viewed by all the viewers do you think that kind of kicked like jump-started your interest in visual effects or did you have that to begin with and then moved into um visual effects and like the on the video side of things well i've wanted to work on movies or tv shows or some version of that since i was a kid and this helped a lot, especially with it being live and everything, but a lot of the bumps and interstitials I made, um, it made great portfolio pieces that I put in my mm-hmm. reel that helped me get my job after that because they saw that and, you know, it's just the idea that you've produced work that has been seen by a certain amount of people. It's not just, oh, I made this for myself. It's I made it and it was it had this amount of exposure and all these different people saw it. And yeah. they let me take whatever sort of creative direction I wanted. So they, yeah, I mean, yeah. they treat their interns Sal, really Sal, well. Sally was, Sally was really cool. Oh, of stupid morning bullshit. Yeah. She yeah. became like my mentor. That was Maddie. Yeah. That was Maddie's like mentor slash kind of maybe boss. Yeah. No, and I was, yeah. I was really thankful like for her like mentorship or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that, it, yeah, it, you were, like I said, you're, you're very, I remember you talking about her a lot to me and saying you were very thankful for her as a, as a mentor and as someone to look up to, especially as a woman in this industry. Um, Which is hard. And I mean, but, yeah. that's the other thing. Like when you get an internship, it's not just for shits and giggles. Like, you know, invest yourself in someone or multiple people and find a mentor and like latch on to someone and grow through them. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. That's a great, I think, piece of advice for anyone that is kind of still in college and either your sophomore or junior, even your freshman year, 
sophomore, junior year, looking for your first, maybe your second internship, is when you do get into that, like I said, find someone you can latch onto that can serve as a mentor for you. I kind of, I did that with um, both of mine, both the internships I did, which was very helpful. Um, there was a little bit more structure, though, I think, for mine and who my mentor was meant to be versus yours, because I took two very technical, I took, I took two engineering internships. I did one in R&D and then one in quality assurance for um, for medical device companies so there were just like a lot of hierarchy and structure already in place maybe not so much as compared to uh, a creative area like adult swim yeah and well tell us about your internships more yeah so i i was kind of late to the game in getting my first one um so summer after my freshman year i went back home and took classes at our local college summer after my second year I went and studied abroad for the entire summer, which was like the best summer of my entire life. And it was basically a three month vacation, just gallivanting across Europe. I technically took classes, but I took easy classes, so it wasn't too bad. And then uh, I came back and the way that a lot of, at least at tech, the way it worked for like Georgia Tech, the way it worked for finding internships was through career fairs. So either the big general ones that they hosted for like two days at a time, or the smaller ones that were more major specific that you would go to in your major building. Um, so I found my first internship through the biomedical career fair where I went for like probably six hours maybe to the building and just like walked around booths and tables of companies looking to hire interns and talked to a few people, submitted resumes as applications. Ended up only hearing back from one of them, interviewed and then got the, off- got the offer for the summer. Uh, and then worked the summer of my junior year, so that would have been summer of 2017, um, as a uh, research and development intern for a company called Ecolab that produces um, medical devices, which are infection prevention devices. So essentially what it is, anything in an operating room, whether it be the patient, the doctor, the nurses, or any of the equipment that needs to be covered to make sure nothing like gets on it and makes it dirty we designed we probably designed that covering for it so I super intriguing like things like fabric and plastics we do yeah no we make CRM bags we made CRM bags I worked on one of them one, yeah well, that was one of the things I worked on my parents are both in the medical field my mom's an x-ray tech and my dad's a cardiac sonographer so that is the only reason I never know what Bob is talking about <laughs> yeah it was it was like not the most intense or like crazy high tech stuff that I worked on, but it was still cool and it was great. It was a great experience for me, um, and I kind of la- I used my my boss at the time. Uh, his name was Greg. He he was like Maddie said like Sally was to her. Greg to me was a great mentor in terms of kind of guiding me through my first internship and working in a, f- a semi full time role. Like I was forty at forty to fifty hours a week and working a full time job, but again as an intern. So it was, it was good to have him as a mentor for guiding me through this first level of taking on responsibility. Um, and then also kind of teaching me about the way that med- medical device development happens. Um, and I think the two biggest takeaways I took from that are, one, it's incredible. I already knew this kind of going, going in, but it's incredibly slow. It takes fucking forever to get anything made and approved, like tested and approved. Um, and then two, it's super, regu- again, I already kind of knew this, but super regulated and there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Um, and I'd say that's actually the biggest takeaway from my internship, my first internship was learning that, re- that R&D, new product development side of medical devices. Because at the time, that's what I thought I wanted to do full time. 
and then I kind of learned maybe not so much anymore because I didn't enjoy it and it was really slow and it felt like I was being limited and restricted. I don't know if you have like maybe a similar takeaway that you took from your well, internships about your career, your new career goals. That's the thing. I I feel like a lot of people feel like an internship is a waste if it's not exactly what they end up doing, and I just I don't think that's, that's a true. Good point. No, it's, it's it's definitely not. It's not true because even though even if you don't end up working at whatever place you intern at, it's it's a stepping stone. You might have found out something that you don't like to do, or you found out that you really like something, but you want to take it in a different direction. So I really, I loved everything at Adult Swim, but um, the fact that where I worked, everything was live, you know, so there wasn't really a lot of post-production, and that's what I was really passionate about. So, you know, I got to do and create and make a lot of really cool stuff, and I'm thankful for that, but then, you know, I took a step back and thought about what it is that I really, really want to do and push myself more in that direction as far as getting my first job. So my first job post-grad was actually as a post-production assistant at another, a small post-production house in Atlanta. And I ended up leaving there after a few months when a better opportunity presented itself. And I'm so glad I did. I... I made the right move. Um, I'd agree. I, well, I was, I was working on stuff there that I wasn't really passionate about, and it was one of those things where I would be given an opportunity to do something, you know, something bigger and work on something I really cared about, and then I would get squashed back into that sort of assistant type role and really pushed into that, and I, I remember the exact moment that I knew that I wanted to leave. Um, so Bob knows earlier this year, I had some health issues. My gallbladder stopped functioning. So in the middle of that, I was, <laughs> that's, that's, I, a, that's, a, that's a way to describe it. No, that was, it's not like I had gallstones or anything. It literally just no, stopped it functioning. literally shut down. It on just you. literally stopped working. But also so, like it did that for a few months, but your body was like somehow compensating for it. No, that, and that's why I you have never the hardest working Ill. liver. <laughs> yeah. So, you should have you should have been like deathly ill based on the way I saw the image. You like I sh- you showed me the pictures of what it looked like when they took it out, and that's like shit out of textbooks. How awful that looked! It looked horrible. So <laughs> yeah, I was pretty sick, um, but I'd started this job and I'd gotten pulled onto my first music video through one of the other guys that worked there. He asked me, "Hey, can I see your reel?" And so I sent it to him, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to work on this music video?" And So I was working on that. I was really trying to prove myself. I was the only female working on it, and I was just really trying to do the best I could. And then my gallbladder stopped working. So I was like, nah, screw it. I'm just going to finish the project. My dad literally drives up to Atlanta, drags my ass home back to Augusta so I can have (laughs) surgery. I have it removed on Friday, and I'm back at work on Monday. So I'm stumbling in, like, four holes in my stomach, popping my pain pills like let's finish the video yeah you were i I just remember texting you and you we were talking as you were saying like oh i'm gonna head back into the office i was like maddie stay home you just had surgery to have an organ removed don't go to work 48 hours later i no i i felt like shit but i i this felt like my big break it was my first you know real big project to work on and i didn't feel like i could afford to miss it so you know i walk in I'm sure I looked as bad as I felt, you know, 
so I'm kind of I'm stumbling in and I'm I'm moving in such a way because people don't realize when you when you do anything to your stomach you use your stomach for everything that you do like you're using your core even like just sitting like you're moving around in some sort of way it's affected and so I was really sore and I go in and part of my thing as my post-production assistant is making sure our client area was always set up right and we had one of those big water filtration systems so I was supposed to you know put in like those jugs of water so it could filter through and my uh one boss lady at the time uh decides to start some shit and <laughs> she she was like like she was like, well, I just don't want you to forget your assistant roles while you're here. And I told her, I said, I physically cannot lift that. I just had surgery on Friday. I have four holes in my stomach. Unless you want me to pop my stitches. Like, I I cannot yeah. be, I can't lift anything over five pounds right now. Yeah. Like, and you couldn't she, even lift, you couldn't even lift your, your beefcake of a cat, Kipper, who no, weigh, I, weighs I, it I at, a, at a hearty to, eight pounds. I couldn't even pick up Kipper. And... So she really, you know, didn't treat me with any compassion about it. I was like, you know, I'm not even supposed to be back at work yet. I'm trying to finish this video. And, you know, luckily the video was really pushed through by someone else who ended up becoming my boss later. But Mm -hmm. I knew right then I wasn't valued. And she obviously didn't care about me or what I was trying to do or all of the effort I was putting in just to be there three days after surgery. And her biggest concern was me lifting jugs of water. And at that moment, I knew that I had to start looking for an avenue to get out of there. Yeah, so I think it's, you hit a good point there that I'm sure, I mean, there's timelines for obviously different people in different careers and where you start and what industry you go into. But if you don't feel valued from the get-go, at your job, maybe maybe off the start you're doing like some more low level stuff because they're you're gaining you're going through training you're getting that experience to be expected. You, it's to be expected, but you should still feel valued and like you're contributing to a team and people want your help regardless. Um, and I can say like that's something I have one hundred percent experienced at my at my job as well, which I started back in September. Um, so, you feel important. Yeah, I do. I do feel important, which is which is nice. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, I had two internships, one in research and development for medical devices. The other one was in quality assurance. That one I learned a lot and gained a lot of, uh, insight and knowledge, uh, from my boss at the time. And that, mo- that for me, that wasn't so much beneficial in terms of what I gained being learning about the medical device industry. More so what I gained was learning more about how to be a valuable worker and be, someone who can contribute to a team and how to like just work better in, in, in atmosphere. Because it was a startup company that I was interning for. So I had, a, as an intern, a decent amount of responsibility. Right. Because they just, they needed, they just needed bodies to like help work on things. And so for me, that was the biggest takeaway from there was just kind of honing my work ethic, which I had from school and applying it in an end, like a work, working environment. Um, so yeah, after that, uh, I learned pretty much that the two major areas that you can go into with a lot of medical device engineering, the two big ones are R and D quality assurance. And the third one's manufacturing. I knew I didn't want to go into manufacturing cause that's just boring to me. Um, and so I was kind of at a little bit of a loss for what I wanted to do. And then I heard about, um, a program for a company called Abbott, 
where basically it was you you were a you were it's there it's called a technical sales specialist and i have a couple of friends who do it it sounded super intriguing to me and that's where i kind of stumbled across this type of job that i do now which is technical sales basically what you were doing for abbott was going into hospitals working alongside doctors to teach them how to use their devices um, and then be in the room during surgeries to like kind of be a consultant for the doctor and to me that sounded super amazing it combined what i wanted to do in terms of work directly with and help people that's why i was doing biomedical engineering and pre-med and also my technical side um because i did enjoy i did enjoy the engineering aspect of it and i enjoyed the like the hard technical side and challenge of understanding how these things worked um so i uh I uh, ended up applying for that program with Abbott, um, and then I did what I think is potentially the stupidest thing I've ever done in terms of career, um, and it was definitely the worst time I've ever shot myself in the foot, and Maddie knows what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> it was bad. My mother yeah. was mad about this, hearing it through me about yeah. you. Yeah, she was, yeah. Like, I disappointed someone else's mom. That's how bad it was. Um, so I had gone to an info, an information session about this job with Abbott, had talked to a whole bunch of people, and then after that, that evening, they were assigning first-round interviews um, the following morning. Um, and so I ended up getting a first-round interview. They liked me enough. They liked my resume. They enjoyed talking with me. And I get assigned an interview for 9 a.m. the next morning. Now, 9 a.m., to most people, not that early in the morning. I have a really hard time waking up in the mornings, and it's, as Maddie can contest to my, <laughs> just, just, she just rolled her eyes, as Maddie can contest to uh, the number of alarms I have set in the morning, and I still sometimes won't wake up. It's kind of a problem. I'm working on it. I'm, I've gotten better, especially after this. But essentially what happens is I sleep through my interview. Like, I wake up at, like, 9.15-ish to, like, four missed calls, two voicemails, like, six emails from a whole bunch of people, not only just the people that are supposed to interview me, but the head of the, like, one of the, one of the upper professors in the BME department who just, like, kind of reamed me out for sleeping through the interview, which he, sh which he should have done because I made a commitment to go, and then I didn't, and that looks bad on the department, and then uh, the head lady who was in charge of, like, helping students find their careers and, like, get them started, she also was like, hey, are you, like, are you okay? Like, are you, you missed your interview this morning? What's up? Um, and so that was just super embarrassing because um, I then had to kind of save as much face as possible and I called the lady out later in the day that I was supposed to interview with and I apologized and said I absolutely like this is on me 100% my fault no one else to blame I'm gonna take ownership for this I fucked up it's on me I'm sorry and she was like I'm glad I'm, she's like I'm happy to hear that you're taking ownership of it hopefully this is a, a lesson you can learn from in the future um, I wish you the best of luck and she essentially hung up and I was like cool all right there's no there's absolutely no way I'm gonna be able to pursue this program um, so after that and, uh, kind of, I hit that kind of like knocked the wind out of my sails a little bit. So I kind of had a little bit of a slump when I, towards the, uh, second semester of my senior year when I was trying to apply for jobs. Most of my friends at Tech either had them by halfway through the first semester or you ended up having them by halfway through the second. It was getting into like the last month of the year. I was still like trying to apply to things here and there, not really hearing anything back, trying to finish up the semester as well. Um, going through like some like tough, like tough, like stress and anxiety issues. Um, and that a lot of that compounded into just not having a lot of drive to search for a career. Um, thankfully once I graduated and kind of had all that off my plate and off my chest, I 
found a new like burst of wind and a second wind and it was able to start applying for a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so for me, what I ended up doing was while I was home, I would periodically just like every like day or so, every other day or so, I would sit down on my computer and just scour Indeed, Monster, like LinkedIn for job positions that were similar to anything that I could find with similar to that program in Abbott being like a technical specialist that works directly with customers. Um, so you're not just behind a computer screen all day. And I came across a lot of these positions. A lot of them are called applications engineers. A lot of them are called technical sales specialists, things like that. And I came across an application engineer position for a company called Instron, which is where I work currently. So I probably sent out close to like 50 applications slash resumes in the, like, um, the month span immediately after I graduated. Heard back from only Instron, only interviewed with them, and was given and received an offer from them. So what I learned about myself is I can perform really well under pressure when I have to because I only had one internship interview, got that one, and then only had one full-time position interview. Like, for, uh, I had like a couple maybe here and there, but like where it really, really counted was able to knock the that one. one out of the park. The one that really mattered that I went on to like second rounds and third rounds. Um, I never made it past a first round with other companies. But uh, second round interview, the only time I made it to second and then third round, I, I got the offer. Um, so really good at performing under pressure, apparently. Um, but yeah, so now I work for a company that manufactures material testing equipment. Essentially what that means is if you need to break something to know how strong it is, we, we will make the machine that breaks it for you. So a lot of really cool applications. I, I get to have my hand in a lot of industries, biomedical, automotive, aerospace, military, electro, uh, electronics, really cool stuff. We have a lot of really cool customers that do really cool things. And my role is to provide technical expertise to help assist the outside salespeople, which travel to all these customers. Um, and I'm going to start traveling with them soon. And the goal is then for then for me to become one of these outside traveling salesmen. So working kind of out of a home office, but also traveling and working with customers one-on-one, meeting them face-to-face and talking to them and saying like, okay, like what are your testing needs? How can we, how can we solve, like, what can we do to provide for you? And then building them their systems. Um, and it's just, it's fun. It's cool. It's, it uses my, it, 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 uh, stimulates both parts of my brain of like wanting to work with people directly, but also like the nerdy engineering side. Cause I get to like talk to really cool people about like the awesome science they're doing. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Um, I really love it. I've, um, feel valued and I felt valued from the start at my job because uh, they kind of like threw me in immediately and after like two to three weeks of product training I was immediately helping the outside people and inside people and I think one of the biggest learning experiences for me was what was helpful is there was a woman who went on maternity leave and myself and the other guy who I started with he and I took over her job like full-on full responsibility while she was gone for three months so that showed to me that they had like a lot of faith in us and that they had a lot that they believed in us enough that even after maybe only being a month there, they were like, all right, you can take over this entire like territory of states in the United States and manage the sales for that, which was, it was, it was like kind, kind of daunting, but we, we managed to navigate through it and do pretty well. Um, so that, that is one of the things that I think made me feel the most valued immediately in my career and makes me very happy to stick with this company um, for the for, for the immediate future. Um, and I'm just excited cause I'm starting to gain more and more responsibility ever since the, since the, the biggest start of 2019. Um, and I'm just, yeah, looking forward to it. It's, it's going really well. 
and I work on music videos. I don't know how to say that with, you know, as much technical clarity as you just gave to what you do, but I work on a lot of music videos. Um, yeah, definitely don't undersell it. For them. No, yeah. I, I'm not trying to undersell it. Like, I, I'm yeah. really proud of some of the stuff we worked on. I mean... You should be. It's fucking awesome. I brag to you all the time to my friends. Like, anytime... Are, am I allowed to say, like, what stuff you've worked on? You know, I'm just going to run through the music videos I've worked on since I started okay, yeah. there. Um, the first one I worked on was uh, When by J-Rock featuring Kendrick Lamar. Awful and song. Excellent music video. Beautiful, beautiful that music That song video. is nominated for a Grammy this year. It's such a shitty song. I don't understand it. Um, if, you, if you've never heard it, go listen to Win by J-Rock featuring Kendrick Lamar. It's so fucking... It's, peep the video. The video's worth it. Song, so fucking dumb. Um, and after that, uh, I worked on Made For Now by Janet Jackson featuring Daddy Yankee. What Daddy Yankee? That was that was Daddy that was a Yankee. that was, was a fun no. feature for you to tell me about. It was no. Um, I did a giant painting. There's like a, a sort of this. They they're in front of this New York skyline, and it like turns into a painting, and then it's on somebody's wall. And I did the whole painting, and uh, for Christmas, my parents actually got me a big canvas print of it, and now I have it on my wall. Um, pretty cool. Yeah, after that, we really ramped things up, and we did Sicko Mode by Travis Scott featuring Drake. Um, Phenomenal. Phenomenal job. That's also up for a Grammy, that song. Um, And then... I would say if any out of the two of us who's having the most immediate success at the start (laughs) of their career, 100% you. Um, We did a video for her featuring Bryson Tiller. The song could have been... She's nominated for several Grammys this year. She's been really successful if you listen to anything R&B. But, I mean, as far as, you know, having a lot of responsibility thrown on me and creating some really cool effects, Sicko Mode was insane. And I'm just really thankful I got picked up. Uh, My boss, Les, has been in the industry for 20-some-odd years. Uh, He's done insane music videos, commercials, everything. He actually made the inside album artwork for Ariana Grande's last album, Sweetener. Like, her sitting on the stairs. He did all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And he's insanely talented, and he's the one who gave me a chance when I was at my first job. And he ended up, um, you know, he'd had this LLC for a while and started it back up recently. And we've been doing all the music videos and everything. We have a pretty tight-knit VizFX team and... He gave me a shot, and I, I really think I proved myself by coming back to work like immediately after surgery, because he was just like, "Is she okay?" And I, I think it was. I mean, it, it, that definitely showed your dedication, but I think your innate skill and drive also came through in your projects. Because he also let's not forget when you were talking earlier about how he just ca- you casually showed him your reel. If I'm remembering this correctly, the way that it went down is he said he like saw he's like, oh, you're the new effects artist. Uh, do you have a reel? You said yes. You gave it to him. He went to his office, watched it, immediately came back out and said, what are you doing for lunch? And then took you out for lunch to talk to you about this music video opportunity because he was impressed, so impressed with your basic reel from the get go. That was my third day of work. And so it was it must have been like 11 o'clock that morning. And then he was like, what are you doing for lunch? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And. So then he was like, okay, 
we'll go to lunch within like an hour or so. So then for the next hour, I'm just sitting in my office sweating, like <laughs> freaked out in my mind. But I mean, it was so worth it. Like I, I couldn't have planned this out myself. You know, I, I'm really lucky I met him and he's continued giving me these opportunities. And that's the thing, like he'll incrementally give me more and more responsibilities and I take on more and more. Mm-hmm. And it's I've grown so much, and I can feel how much I've grown. Just you know, not even a year post grad, with these things that he's given me. I mean, I was working what like at least sixteen hour days on sicko load, but it's one. Oh yeah, at least. I it, I'm so proud of the work that we did on that video. And yeah, you pulled like a, you pulled like an eighty hour week one of those weeks, didn't you? It, dude, at least. Um, and this was like well maybe eighty to like a hundred with you also working on weekends. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was insane. But I'm I'm so proud of the work we did, um, and I'm so thankful that he picked me up when he did. And the timing, it just you know it all happened how it was supposed to. Yeah, and I I think that kind of you what you just said there resonates with me as well. Like there were. I was I was about a thirty minutes of sleep away from potentially ending up in Portland versus Boston, because um, if I was gonna if if I had happened to get that job with Abbott, the location I wanted to go to the most is Portland, because I wanted to get out to the Pacific Northwest once I graduated. Um, but yeah, I was potentially like an, a thirty minutes to an hour of sleep away from not sitting in Boston, but not sitting in Portland, and with a completely different job with a completely different company and a completely different f- group of friends and lifestyle that I, that, than what I have now. We would be um, in different time zones. Yeah, we'd be in different time zones. That'd be wild. Um, so much for 10 minutes away from each other. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I don't like believing in the, the saying that like everything happens for a reason. I think that what happened, I think shit happens, and it depends on how you respond to it is really what determines the outcome. Like, Shit happens to you, you make mistakes, and then how you overcome it or how you respond to it is what puts you in the position you are now. It's not some greater plan in my mind. Um, so yeah, I think that just kind of kind of working hard and trying to get push myself to be where I am now is why I am where I, where is why I am where I am now. Um, and that's just kind of the mentality I'm trying to hold over into my first job is just I don't know where I'm gonna. They, I, I'm going to be re- relocated within the next two to three years um, out of Boston, so I don't know exactly where I'm going. I'm not worried about it. I'm just trying to focus on right now and just learn as much as I can, work really hard. And I think that's the best thing you can do when starting a new career is work hard, bust your ass, make it maybe a little bit more of a priority in your life than other things. And then as you're get, getting more and more responsibility, just like continue to push yourself and like like it's worked out for Maddie. She's got, as she has gotten more, she's continued to knock it out of the park. I'm getting more and more every day at work, and it's through at least what I'm getting hearing back from my bosses is that everyone's happy. I didn't with me. fuck it up yet. Yeah, yeah, I haven't fucked anything up too badly yet. Um, so it's I think that's just the biggest thing you can fo- like think about or take away from starting a career right out of college is learn from your experiences, learn what you liked, what you didn't like about your classes, your internships. Um, try and find a, a follow a path that takes you down routes that you're more interested in, whether or not you have experience in them. Like I didn't have any experience in sales and I'm kind of just jumping in blindly, but so far I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, and yeah. just work hard where you're at. And just another important thing is, I mean, you, you did this faster than I did. I've done, obviously 
you can always shift. You can move to different places if you don't like it, if you feel undervalued. You, you've had a very expedited um, career in terms of that, that, that in terms of uh, jumping ship and moving somewhere else and then getting more responsibility. Like I'm, I'm still on the same, I'm still on the same boat. Um, and I don't see myself jumping ship anytime soon, obviously, because I, I really love my job. Sicko mode happened and I just jumped, but I think that's the most important thing is, you know, be passionate about what you do or you're going to be miserable. You have yeah. to have some sense of really liking what you do and, you know, having some, feel some sort of accomplishment within yourself, you know, by doing something that you enjoy and that you feel proud to do, so... That's my biggest move for careers. And I don't know where I'll be in 10 years either. That's kind of part of the fun. I'm watching it all in, you know, unfold in front of me. And I don't, Hell, I don't, even, have a, I don't even have a five-year plan. I don't, yeah, even have a three, I don't even have a three-year plan. I'm just rolling with it right jump, now. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what I have to say about careers. Yeah. Who knows where I'll be when I'm, when I'm 25. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my two cents on it. So I would like to say thank you for listening. If you're listening to this uh, first official episode, um, Maddie and I really appreciate the support. If you are taking your time to listen to it, we were putting in a lot of work to make this work. I would say Maddie more so than I am. (laughs) She's handling a lot of the technical difficulties of this and we're learning that hosting a podcast and producing it and releasing it is a lot more work than we anticipated, but we're doing our best. So yeah, thank you guys. And we'll be back soon. Adios.